And hello again, I'm Frieda Morrison. Welcome to the programme that celebrates the Scots language and culture. This is Scots Radio, and with me is the money that steers us through the wiggly waves. <laughs> Richie Werner. Aye, aye, how are we doing, folks? Oh, I think we're doing, doing fine, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. In this programme, we're at the Dundee Rep with the cast of the yellow and the broom. And we're introducing the new Scots Screever. We've Bairns Stories with Jackie Ross and the Bairns Charter at Banff Academy. Ah, coming in this edition. But first, the band that I heard making their first appearance at the Tartan Heart Festival in Bewley. Mind you, you mentioned that. Oh, I we're was up last, there. last time, eh? We Aye. were there last episode. This is Horo with the rabbit and the lamb. from the CD of that name, taking us out into the one of the sea of wanderings. 
And we start in Dundee, a popular place to be this month. We're near at the V&A Design Museum, but we're at the Dundee Rep Theatre, for I had the great pleasure to watch the first performance of The Yellow on the Broom, script adapted for the novel of that name by the late Betsy White by writer Anne Downey. The play was launched to great critical acclaim and say well deserved. At halftime, I spoke to Anne and Betsy's great-grandson, David Pooler. First, Anne, who does she make a start on a stage version, the second iconic novel? Well, the, the difficulty with the script was, because the book is a series of episodes in life of the travelling people, it was difficult to get a kind of coherence into it. And, and I thought, in, in actual fact, the, the guy who commissioned me is here tonight, John Carnegie, and I remember he said to me, I've put it out to a number of writers and I'm going to pick the one who does the best kind of idea for an adaptation. And I said to him, I can't make a play as such. I said, but I would use the, the idea of the, the oral tradition of the travellers telling the story interspersed with songs and I'll dramatise the dramatic bits. That works really well with the, the, with the elder, the older The older Betsy, Betsy looking back on her life Aye. and that's what I did with it you know that was uh, your idea that was my idea okay. and, and the very first time I met Betsy I, I thought I don't know how I'm going to start it I only met Betsy once and uh, she died just after that we were going to collaborate that was the idea and I, I said to her um, you know how, how do you feel now that you're living in a house because her husband had a bad back and she said oh I really miss the travelling there's many a night count the tiles from the cooker to my window and I'm out there and I that's, like that line, and that's how I got that beginning so in a sense she wrote the beginning Aye. you know but well, she said it to me and I thought that's I'm going to do it as that reminiscence it's going to be her memories brought alive and, and dramatised on stage Was there ever a time though Anna, that you said no I can't do this I've got a, a block I'm stuck No, no because I had I had her book in front of me and after, but after she died the John Carnegie the guy who commissioned it and myself went to the School of Scottish Studies and there was a lot they've got an archive of all her material oh. and her talking about the travelling life and the songs and all the rest of it although with every production I've always said you know it's up to the every, every production there's a different musical director and they decide what songs are going to be used so it changes every time I see it you know, Aye. from that point of view. Well, congratulations, it's working. It's working Thank fine. you. I'm Thank going you. across the day, but I'm not finished with you yet. Didn't I go on? What's it like watching your, your great grandmother's life being dealt on stage in front of the public? Well, my great granny died before I even turned one. I was just about two weeks away from turning one. And so I, I really never knew my granny Bessie. But by seeing her story brought to life on the stage, it's, it's like I'm watching a ghost and it's but I, I really connect with it because obviously I've read the books and there's phrases and the way the actors are, are speak and tell their, their stories on stage it's like listening to my own family so it is like like I've always known her and it's it's very very special it's a, it's, That's lovely. it's a unique occasion for you David. it's absolutely fantastic I mean I don't suppose there's many people that can go to the theatre and see their, the, the ghost of their great granny wandering about the stage recollecting stories of her past. He's got the gift, isn't he? The story. Yeah, I, see, I don't just, know about he can that. You can just see that. <laughs> Fantastic why you're putting that in, isn't it? I know. Right. So, you started, you went to the School of Scottish Studies, but fit was the most difficult part for you? Um, I think the, the most difficult part was 
the fact that when I did it originally I had five actors playing everything so there were scenes in the book that I just chapters in the book I just could not do uh -huh. so I had to decide what, what to cut but that's always I mean I've done a number of adaptations but uh, Jesse Kesson and, the, and you always have to say well how many actors have we got and there's certain scenes you can have people doubling and trebling but you can't take it to ridiculous degrees you know the, the England at the moment is, is universality. Uni yes. Universality. Is there a universal message in this? I think I think tolerance is it. I mean, you you just need to pick up the paper or listen to the radio, and you're hearing, you know, complaints about migrant communities. He was a, a community living amongst the Scottish, travelling people, and they were getting this kind of. You'll see in the second act. There's even more of that when, when the people start to really complain about the travelling people. There's a real kind of. Um, prejudice and I think that there's a prejudice today about people coming in amongst their, our own you know community but these, the travelling people already lived there it was their community and they, did, they had to put up with prejudice so I think it's a plea for tolerance really the play If it comes across in your script there's respect Yes you, absolutely You obviously respect this this party or culture I and do. that comes out I do. loud and clear were you aware of that? Yes, well, I was trying to. I was trying to be true. I felt I had a duty to put Betsy's words on stage, really, you know, because they, were, they weren't my characters. These were people that she'd lived with. I had never met a traveller till I met Betsy. And, uh, and I, you know, so that's, that's why we went to the Scottish archives and listened to all our, you know, our stories and, and got that kind of. tried to portray, portray it in her words, really, you know. Yeah. Obviously, I had to shape them. and some of the other voices in it. I remember the very first time it was done, some of the travelling community didn't like the words that I put into the headmaster's mouth. But I felt I had to show the other side. He was trying to get that pride in their community, you know. Pride, David, that's the Absolutely, word, isn't it? pride. Pride is uh, is emotion that's definitely uh, a word that's uh, well suited. Congratulations, Anne. Thank you very much. Beautifully put. Thank you. And Downey and David Pooler at the Dundee Rep. So we settled down to the second half of the play, The Yellow and the Broom. I think it would be fair to say we were all spellbound by the performance. And of course, at the end, the entire cast sang Adam McNaughton's evocative song, Cad, The Yellow on the Broom. And a long stand innovation finished a very memorable night at Dundee Rep. Well, after the performance, I got reaction to the play the author, Scottish traveller and storyteller, Jess Smith. Well, it's just started. So, as all plays, the characters have got to grow in, you know, the spirits have got to grow into the folk and they've got to become familiar with it and they've got to sort of um, wear the coat and given that, the culture, the travelling culture to the actors is a completely new persona uh, to, for them to take on, I think they did very well. Oh, they did have a will. Yeah, they, really they did, yeah. What do you think Betsy would have laid out if she was sitting and watching? I think, I think Bessie would have been absolutely chuffed. She might have been jumping up and doing and saying that's not how you put that word in and that's the wrong bit and that. Again, she would have. But to actually know that people are writing plays about not just Betsy because as you can tell she was very much the culture rather than the person within the culture she was part of the culture she was a young part of the traveling culture within the 30s and 40s 
and the play portrays that you know it doesn't make big of her it doesn't make her into um, she's not egotistic in any way she's like she's like the yellow on the broom actually she blends in and you have to get that right and i think the actors i think the director i think the writer got that just spot on she, I, I, we were speaking about that and just earlier on and she she kind of said that she had to get inside the the, the heat, Betsy's heat, to turn, understand it, to turn this script around. Yeah. And she's done that, isn't she? She's done it to a, a, I think to a point. Nobody can be 100% a person. But I think she respects Bessie. She's got the respect and the character and also the passion. I and think she, she respects the culture of the Jews as well. Oh, she? definitely. Yeah, because that comes across through the whole play that this is a culture that is um, that gets treated really badly and I mean it also by by writing the play the way she has and by the actors acting it it sort of throws out to the the um, the people who are not travelers you know the society as a whole the establishment the system that hey who are we for doing this you know we we treat people and maybe in the modern world when we're getting immigration quite, you know, quite high in Scotland, it's time to actually treat people fairly, equally, and accept them and respect them for their cultural differences. That's what I'm speaking, Dan, about again, about the universal messages coming through this. Oh, indeed, uh, absolutely. That's what comes across. It's it's a lesson to everybody, you know, and the traveller, the young travellers out there who are the result of their parents, you know, survival story, making the baskets and working the tin, they too now have a voice. You know, whereas they never had a voice before, whether it's they went to school and their parents would say, oh, don't you tell the teachers or travellers, just go through, get your education and, you know, and see what comes at the end of it. But in the house, you know, our funerals and weddings were the travelling folk. But outside in the wider world, we don't tell anyone. Don't deny it, but don't tell anyone. And that has closed down the culture for a long time. And we're showing plays like this, you know, and seeing a full, a full theatre, then that speaks volumes. It does, doesn't it? Oh, aye. Well, um, we've enjoyed it. That's the understatement of the year. Jess, thanks for, for being us. Oh, pleasure. Thanks, Frida. Author, Scottish traveller and storyteller Jess Smith put in the rech words in place as usual to capture the, the feeling through that performance, the yellow on the broom at Dundee Rep. And don't worry, the play will tour, I'm sure it. Keep a lookout for it and try and see this. Richie, you would love this play. Yeah, I hope to it's catch it epic. on that tour. It's an epic. Uh-huh. Congratulations again to the team. This is Rod Patterson singing that song, written by Adam McNaughton, The Yalla on the Broom. I ken you dinna like it last day winter here in town. For the scaldies they all cry a sigh and they try to put us down. But it's hard to raise three bernies in a single flea box room. But I'll tack ye on the road again when the yellow's on the broom. When the yellow's on the broom, when the yellow's on the broom, I'll tack ye on the road again when the yellow's on the broom. The scaldies cry us tinker dirt And these sconsor burns in school 
But who cares what a scaldy says For a scaldy's but a fool They never hear the orland sang Nor see the flax in bloom For the right cooked up pen who says When the yellow's on the bloom When the yellow's on the bloom When the yellow's on the bloom The right cooked up pen who says when the yellows on the broom, sails for packs and baskets new, say just to stay alive. We've had to work at scaldy jobs from nine o'clock till five. But we con a man or master, and we own the world's room, and we'll bet fair we'll tabrichen when the yellow's on the broom. When the yellow's on the broom, when the yellow's on the broom, we'll bet fair we'll tabrichen when the yellow's on the broom. I'm weary for the springtime When we'll tack the road into mail Take the plantain and the pellin And the berry fields of Blair We'll need we our ten folk there They are the country round When the gang about folk tack the road And the yellow's on the broom When the yellow's on the broom Wow, that's some song, some singer. Rod Patterson singing The Yellow on the Broom, written by Adam McNaughton. And a historic moment has occurred has just before we're very in. <laughs> this song, that song, that singer, was recorded in this very studio. This very studio. That's, that's the first album I did at B&B. Aye. Aye. So the producer it was a Fred Freeman. That's a Fred Freeman production. job. Aye. Absolutely. Fred Freeman, congratulations, Fred. That was great. Ah, the, the CD was called Ah Adam's Bears. Adam's Bears. Very fasting. Fasting the studio. <laughs> Man. A couple of minutes ago now. Man. <laughs> no. Last month we heard through the Udgan Scots Creever, Hamish MacDonald. And this month I introduce you to the new Screever, Dr. Michael Dexter. If I took up his lodgings at the beginning of July. The post is supported by the National Library of Scotland and Creative Scotland. And I met up with Michael at the Storytelling Centre in Edinburgh and got a wee glimmer of Fitty's planning. I always work in Scots language. I've written a day, so uh, I've got a wee of projects that have been ongoing that I'm able now to get extra support on. So I do a lot of work with comic books. So I've been lecturing the past three, four years about uh, Scots language and comics so I'm kind of exploring that and I'm getting the support of the National Library and the National Collection now to actually find out about some of the kind of artists that were working in local newspapers and all of them use Scots language and a lot of the 
biggest comic book artists and writers on the planet they now all come from Scotland. A lot in Dundee. We've kind of looked aye. through that during the Scots Radio Four. Oh aye aye. Dundee's got a, a brilliant output and they've got um, they've got um, a master's degree in it, they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual the folk that are writing Batman and Superman, they're off a uh, Glasgow, Danoon, huh? Orkney. So I'm gonna be producing comics and I'm gonna be producing some books on the on the history of, uh, of comics and mm-hmm. Scots and comics in particular. So I'll be doing that and I'm going to get out some of my lectures, so I'll be doing more and more of them. So what else? Uh, so other stuff that I'm doing is I work in like, art song, uh, so like operas and uh, arias and, and like religious music and all, so like classical music with Scots, so we do that. I've done, we're, we're on to our third opera, Dido and Aeneas, and Scots with a wee drap of garlic mm-hmm. in it and all. So that's I, 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 I met you here, we were uh, in a meeting with a, a composer, weren't we? Oh, aye, aye, so that's that's the, the plans coming up. So now that I'm in position, that frees me up to actually reach out and work with composers and get my original operas put into production. So I'm working with, I do my own music and that's good for songs and stuff like that, but composing an opera, I want to get some of the best. It's a biggie. I can write them, I know I've proven that I can write them now. Uh, and I can train the singers, and I've got methods that I'm working with training singers so mm-hmm. they can sing classical music and uh, and Scots, Scots accent, Scots language. So I'm that excited to be able to See, bring some of See, when we last met, Aye. we met up in mm-hmm. the, the cathedral up in Aberdeen. Aye. So then we had the, the Doric Messiah. Ah, Gordon Hayes, Doric, Doric Messiah. Hi. Did that inspire you? That was it was smashing to actually fund somebody else that was doing this this work that I'm doing, you know, classical music. So so I'd stared at it a wee bit. I, I said to Gordon and I, I've been doing these operas and we stared at working in some of the movements for the Messiah and yeah. just to find out that he's done it. So it's got like 50 odd movements and, and he, he done uh, 9, 12, something like that, which is still enough. It's, it's a big, massive, massive achievement. Uh, so it was, it was brilliant to, to see that, and I'm a big fan of Gordon Hayes' work anyway. You've been busy already, but anything else? Uh, so as if it wasn't enough. As if that's not enough, aye. Aye, so working on them, and I'll be working on uh, teaching, right? So I've got this big book that I've, that I've wrote, and I'm editing it the new, and it's it's kind of looking at Scots and it's defining it, but not like a kind of stoner Scots. It's looking at all the different uh, dialects and bileads and how they interact and what's what's the same about them, what's different for them. Um, and this book has been in production. It's like a big kind of hefty book, but I'm going to off the back of that. I'm wanting to kind of start making videos and stuff like that and put put that out and get this book out there as a kind of resource for MD that wants to work in Scots, so they can look at it and. Rather than telling them this is how you should do it, it's going to help folk realise how they talk Scots and then how they can write in it and produce their own stuff. So that's that's my plan for that. So over the over the next couple of year, that over the next couple of year, that's what I want to do. This is you know long questions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you kind of Ken is going to come, uh-huh. but um, I almost apologise for asking it in the first place. <laughs> but what does it mean to you being Screever? What does it mean to me? Uh-huh. For me. It means that I've got a platform that I can reach out and help folk with their own language. So I'm I'm a first language Scots speaker, and I can what it's like growing up in Western Barnshire, where I'm. Where we've not even got a name for our language. We're just telling it's bad language, right? So that it it shuts folk down and it stops folk talking and it destroys folk's confidence. My my own background academically, what I've got the doctor for, is psychology and neuroscience. 
And what I'm on today is explore the uses of Scots um, in terms of confidence building or in terms of advantages for our brain, brain health and things like that. So we, we, we see that folk actually using their own voices in Scots has a positive effect. And I want to explore that, but I also want to encourage folk to use their own voices because it seems like it's good for you, it's healthy to do it, it's for your psychology. Use your Scots, if you've got it, use it. Move I can't that. Well, uh-huh. congratulations, Michael. And uh, if, is it okay if I just kind of be meant to fit your DNA every new year and throughout the next one years? Absolutely, I'd just love to be in the radio with you, Frida. Thanks. Look forward to it. Thanks, <laughs> Michael. Thanks a lot. Dr. Michael Dempster, the new Scots Screever. And of course, himself and Laurie Watson were wheeled to the fore at the first ever Scots language cafe in Glasgow recently. Fit a niece, Richie. Aye. We could see mere of that, mere of that, <laughs> mere of on, and there, mere of that. This is for you know, my favourite CDs, Northern Sky, for Pete Coots on Newport Sligo, Newport Sliggy. This is Pete singing, casting the Pete. the thaw, you're up at the crack Bros in my belly, pulling stump on my back And doing through the den and then o'er the high street And on to back hell to get cast in the feet Well I'm courting alas, but I'm empty in pocket Pied by the chine, so it's best I get yocket But there's time for a laugh with the folks that I meet then again on my way to get cast in the feet Let's spit in your hands and then on with the job Find sharp and spot will take care of the sod Whether stickers for the whiskey cutting stumpers or the priest You'll be up to your cooeats and it cast in the feet Get row in that barrack, sixteen stumpers at a time There's seven to the ripple, sixty-six yards to the chine And a supple cow teeth in your first field to need Cause the graft is guide you when you're casting the feet Be lousy and I'm foolin' and the rinch be the rain Jump a lift and the bogey so I'm quick to get game And I'll walk through the tune with my lassie so sweet and the morn I'll be up again casting the And the morn I'll be up again casting And the morn I'll be up again casting the pee And you know that I'll always be casting the pee Pete Coots casting the Pete for his album Northern Sky and that album I Gets My Vote. Now, North East Scots, or Doric as it's called, is wheel to the fore in, in different projects in the North East, you know. Aberdeenshire Council has just gained a bit of money to storyteller Jackie Ross to teach bairns traditional stories and to make wee videos to put online. 
that we're hoping to hear up on our website as well, Ken. Oh. Our reporter, Alistair Heather, went along to Afford Heritage Centre for Jackie Wurzren in the courses to find out more. We're actually in a project that's going to bring Doric onto the internet. Well, I can, it's there already, but we're going to bring Doric's stories um, for the Offord area onto the internet. Because as you say, you know, storytelling, I, in some ways it's thriving, but I think we need to get with the modern times. And Abdi's into this social media and Facebook, YouTube, etc. So we've got a, a lovely wee project here. Um, we're working with a group of Burns and some alder folk as well to create some stories about offered heritage. Um, and the youngsters, they're doing traditional stories about Jock the Giant, Abenahi, and Silly Jack, and some of the fair loons doing about. And um, we'll mark these films that will go onto YouTube and other places in the internet so folk can hear the Doric spoken and get to Ken's kind of stories mm. and Ken kind about of what life was like. And it's not just traditional tales you're passing on, is it? Well, no, we're, we're definitely doing the traditional tales because I think it'll be a good source for schools as well. They'll be able to use them when they're teaching about a Doric. And, you know, it's all part of literacy. Um, hearing your Scots stories telt in the mother tongue, I think, is an important part of Scots literacy in schools new. But we are also going to mark, mark new stories for folks' personal anecdotes. So a bit of reminiscence type work, but we actually went to mark them into stories because I think that's the why to, to pass on fit life was like and, you know, fit where grandparents uh, and gra- great-grandparents got up to. Now, you've been a storyteller yourself for many a long year. Mm-hmm. You were a school teacher as well. Mm-hmm. But now you've gone full time at the storytelling. That's the plan. Faye, the time when you were a bairn and you were learning these stories yourself, mm-hmm. what's changed in the way that stories are transmitted in Scotland? Well, I suppose, you know, when I was little, I would be sitting on my granny's knee and, and she would tell me the tales. And, you know, it was um, the three little pigs and, and the stories that are Burns kent in those days. But I, I sometimes think there's nae quite so many folk knew would be sitting with their Burns on their knee telling them stories. Um, and... I suppose some of the maybe use books, um, and there is a wee bit of style storytelling through books, if you like. But uh, mere and mere folk are looking to the TV or the internet. And a lot of the bairns that I work with, you know, if they can stories, it's quite often because they've come across them on the internet or in films. So I think that visual medium is is a good way to, to keep it going. Uh, Although there's nothing to beat, Alistair, sitting room and a wee burich of folk and listening to a tale. So I'm hoping with this project we'll, we'll keep that traditional thing or passing it on, you know, moo to moo, hurt to hurt, eye to eye, person to person. I hope we'll carry that on through this. In terms of that gathering folk room, that's the end of this project, is it? No, we're here in uh, the Heritage Centre, where it's the old mart, mm-hmm. um, and there's that kind of amphitheatre, the old wooden amphitheatre, mm-hmm. and that's a stage where the bairns will perform at the end, is it? No. That's right. Once they've learned the stories, they're going to have a performance um, on the 28th of October. We're going to have a finale event and we'll show the films that we've made and we'll tell the stories that they've been learning. That's great stuff. 
In terms of the level of Doric speak by the Burns, I've met a few today. Mm-hmm. The younger ones seem to be a wee bit cognizant of it, nice wheel, but the older ones are getting more confident with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. I mean, we've it's been bra because we've had a few Burns along that didn't speak on Doric at home, but they've been keen enough to learn some of the wordies and, you know, the, the little ones who've been learning the names of some of the beasts, etc. Some of the older ones, um, the, they do ken the Doric. Some of them speak it, but they can be shy kind sometimes. And I think that's another reason for doing this project. It's to market more mainstream. It's to market so that, you know, Fitzrang was speaking the Doric. Um, when I grew up at Squeal, we were able to speak a Doric and, and were Domni encouraged it, in fact. Um, but there was a Wiley, I think, from folk, um, particularly when Isle came, can, I think in this area, we were almost discouraged for speaking a Doric for a while. So it's brought to a group of kids coming along that are keen to to speak it and hopefully it'll just creep out and mere and mere folk will get back to speaking their mother tongue. Ah, sounds bra indeed. Jackie, thanks for your time. Nay bother Ali, thank you. Storyteller Jackie Ross. And a reminder that the Scottish International Storytelling Festival begins on the 19th of October till the 31st of October and the theme this year is Growing Stories. The festival has teamed up with the Open Gardens charity to feature storytellers in Gardens Isle of Scotland. What a great idea! Stories in Gardens, Richie! <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Can't eh? go wrong with that. And there's more information uh, from www.sisf.org.uk, Scottish International Storytelling Festival, SISF. www.sisf.org.uk. And there's a fantastic opening performance in Stirling Castle. On the 18th of October, oh, Cad, Ossian, The Pipers and the Story, stellar lineup. It's devised by Donald Smith and Hamish Moore's great. So you'll hear Mayor Faye Donald about that on our special feature section on the Scotch Radio website. This is Mayor W's, I'm afraid. www.scotchradio.com www.scotchradio.com Hear Mayor Faye Donald about the Ossian and the Pipers and the Story lineup that is going to be on the 18th of October, Stirling Castle. Great! Fantastic. Looking forward to that. This is Pete Coote's CD, Northern Sky again, with the Northeast Destination Tunes, Strickengala and the Road to 80 Bray.
noisy. Eh? Eh? <laughs> Pete Coots for his album Northern Sky with twa tunes, Stricken Gala and The Road to Akebury. Beth Wheelkent, Northeast Destinations. Akebury. Kenatin. There's been a horse market for monies. I will not continue. And Richie, let me tell you, I have been to Akebury. Have you? To Akey Fair. Playing my pipes with the Banff Pipe Band. The Banff Pipe Band. Many, 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 many years ago now. But that lets me make a wee brig into our next protocol. Banff Academy. To meet Dr. Jamie Fairburn and to our Bonnie past pupils, Robert Legg and Robin Gallen. And as I said before, there's been rumblings of all kinds of new projects to promote and celebrate North East Scots, I know. Any of them is an initiative for Aberdeenshire Council called the Bairns Charter. And I joined up with the group at Banff Academy to find out more. Jamie explains. Hello, I'm Jamie Fairbairn, Head of the Faculty of Humanities here at Banff Academy. We do a fair bit of Scots language here. We've been doing the Scots Language Award for the last four or five years. We've got 60 to 70 folk through it. And we're here really to talk about the, the charter, the Young Bairns and Children's uh, Charter, which Aberdeenshire Council has, has come up with, which is a great idea. This is the Young Bairns Voices, and it's part of Gurfet, getting it right for every bairn. And it's kind of to uphold the convention of the, the, the rest of, of Bairns from the United Nations. So we've got here a couple of Bairns that I used to teach. And we've got uh, Robin Gallen here and also Robert Legg. And they're going to read out the Bairns Charter in Doric because uh, we felt it was very important to hear a Doric version since it's about human rights. One of the best human rights is speak your own tongue. Robert. The Aberdeenshire's Burns and Young Folks Charter. Number one, make sure we're part of any decisions taken about our life. Robin? And let us came fit's gone on. Dinner you lose it. Spear is fit we think, and if someone can't Aberdeen, let us came fit why nay? Back to Robert again for number two. Number two, gives chances. What does that mean, Robin? Let us show fit we can deem fit we're our boot and you give us a chance. And Robin. Number three, took ten of fit we're telling you. Well, can you're listening to fit your being told when you do something about it? Number four, can't ca- ca- judging folk, thol us, understand where we're coming from and fit we have experienced. Realise that we'll make mistakes and make sure you give us the information we need to guard make us good choices. Number five, make the most of us not being all the same and take a step to cut out bullying and discrimination. Encourage us to be confident we far we are as well as who we express ourselves. It'll to make us feel we all belong. Number six, gears respect and from your sir made, take your concerns seriously. Make sure it's a rich folk that gives us the help we need, fam we need it. Number seven, take greed care and look after our information. If you man spread our information around other folk, let us can fit your DN, fa needs it and fit why it's being socked. Congratulations, Robin and Robert, that was Will Dean. I'm going to go back to Jamie again for the final word. Significance of this. Well, this is it's important for to hear the pupil voice, and I think it's uh, particularly important to hear it in the mother tongue of the pupils who are speaking it. If we can keep Scots language going in the schools, I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, we've we've done well up to now, but we need to keep it going and get more and more schools involved in the Scots Language Award uh, and beyond, all the way up to uh, tertiary education. Right, the final final word for Robin and Robert. How how important is it to you? to be able to speak Scots in, in the school? Speaking the mother tongue is, is really, really important to, to ours here because, well, at the end of the day, it's how we've been brought up and fit we're used to. So we've, we've 
got to make the most of our, our ability to speak the mother tongue. It's making us feel like we have a real identity within our community as long as making us feel we're carrying on our heritage and our grandparents' heritage around, around Scotland. Look at that now, Robin Gallen and Robert Legg with Dr Jamie Fairburn. Did you make that, Richie? Great that, idea, respect, a- eh? Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. It gains both wise, just like us. My fair is, eh? And congratulations right. to Jamie Fairburn and uh, Robin and Robert. That's a fantastic idea, that. Oh. And you can see the video of the Bairns and Dr Jamie Fairburn on our Scots Radio webpage, www.scotsradio.com, www.scotsradio.com. ScotsRadio.com And on that note, before we go off the glide, we have to say with Cheerios. I've tried half a hard to be Freedom Morrison. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Werner has had great success being Richard Werner. You are daft. Join us again for another journey through the nukes and crannies of our Scots culture and language and all its contemnatious connections. We finish with a track for the new CD for Anna Massey and Merritt Green, Cad Farran. This is the Wee McGee set. Are you ready, Richie? I'm ready. Hey, Richie and Marcel. Bye.
Thank you. 